From Calvary Church of Santa Ana, this is the Calvary Life Podcast, the show where we share stories, laugh together, and have discussions about faith, life, and God with people from Calvary Church. Here's your host, Eric Wakeling. All right, welcome to the Calvary Life Podcast. My name is Eric Wakeling, and we are excited for today's episode, right, Matt? Yes, my name is Matt Doan, and I believe, Eric, this is the first repeat guest in the history of Calvary Life Podcast. Am I correct? That is true. So who is it? It is none other than Doug Brown. Woo! Hello, everyone. Good to see you and hear it's from you, It's good to Doug. be back. <laughs> I feel honored to be the first repeat guest on the Calvary Life Podcast. It's an honor. I feel kind of like a co-host, you know? Wow, okay. <laughs> That's all it takes for me. Yeah, well, there you go. You're Okay, you're officially a something for the Calvary Life Podcast, but we're excited Perfect. to have you back. Alumnus, yeah. alumni. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And as you all know, Doug Brown used to be a pastor here at Calvary, but is no longer, and we all cry. We do mourn. Yes. It was wonderful days with him here. I do miss you all, but that doesn't mean I'm not an attender. That's I'm a right. member. He is a here. member, regular attender. That's right. <clears throat> yeah. We love having you and your amazing family here at Calvary. Um, you know, I know that you are, and the reason that we have you here today is because you're involved and you've started actually something new. Can you just kind of give us like the the basics of what is this whole thing that you started? Yes, absolutely. Thank you. First of all, thank you for having me back on the podcast. It means a lot. And the reason I am here and the reason I'm excited to have this conversation with you is that my wife and I, Jesse, and our team, our board of, of directors has formed together. Our, our friend group has gotten together to speak to one of the things that is still so shameful, still so taboo in our culture. That is infertility. So we have started a nonprofit to speak to some of the issues in infertility, to work with the couples and the individuals going through the struggle, to bring more community into those struggles so that we can uh, advocate together for infertility and to understand what people are going through when they go through it and to come alongside them to help them build a community of support so that it's not so tough. Um, It's been an amazing journey in the last couple months and I'm excited to talk more about it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, we are excited that you guys have started this and I think it's going to be a great um, way of serving our community and like just at large, the community yeah. of people that, because I think that I'm, I'm sure and you'll share some stats with us, but well, actually let's, let's do that first. Like what, because I, I feel like this is one of those issues where people don't realize how many people are affected by it. Right. Right. right absolutely. So what is like, How many people are affected or percentage-wise? And just to start from the very basic, infertility is when you can't get pregnant. You struggle for, I think it's actually a a one year. After one year of trying to get pregnant, they officially classify you as um, having infertility and struggling with fertility issues. It's incredibly common. It's one in eight couples will struggle with infertility, which there are a lot of other statistics that are one in eight. And they're talked about ad nauseum. But infertility is still under the table. And it's one in eight couples. And for me and my wife, that is our story. After about uh, 10 to 12 months, we were thinking something must be going on. How come we're not getting pregnant? We were, everything seemed to be right. We were young, healthy, everything was going well. And that's when we went to the doctor to start to ask questions and figure out what's going on here. And they said, you, you know, you might be that one in eight people who struggle with infertility. Hmm. So it's incredibly common. Yeah. Yeah. So what, like in, in your in your guys' story, maybe if you're willing to kind of go even a little bit, yeah, like deeper into it, like how does that affect 
the both of you sort of just emotionally, relationally even, you know, because it's probably effects are way beyond just not being able to get pregnant, right? Absolutely. And that's the, that's the difficult part of it is at face value, when you, when you think about it, you think, oh, they just can't get pregnant. But there's so much more going on. And mm-hmm. people who struggle with infertility are, you know, they could be anywhere. It could be a miscarriage that has happened. Right. Uh, it could be secondary infertility where you've had one child, but then the next time you, as you're trying to get pregnant, it's not happening again. And you're wondering what on earth, everything mm. worked fine last time. And as you're going through that, you think, oh, it's, it's just this one issue. If we could just get pregnant, then all the problems would go away. But that's, that's only on the surface. Underneath the surface um, is, a, is an, a whole array of emotions that you're experiencing. First of all, you're going through generally a medical treatment, which is stressful in and of itself. And yeah. I know my wife and I, we you know, had to take the shots, more shots than I ever thought my wife would take. Jesse's such a hero for you know, daily taking up to you know, four shots a day sometimes. And, and going through the medical procedures, the doctor's visits, all of that leading to, you know, this one holy moment where you're supposed to get pregnant and then month after month having that failure, you start to feel like a failure in yourself. You start to feel that shame starts to come in. Why isn't this working? We're broken. Uh, And you don't want to talk about it because fertility pregnancy is supposed to be this exciting thing. And for you, it's this just horribly depressing thing. So it's, there's so much involved. There's an an entire emotional element that that's not talked about a lot. And that, that stress that you're going under can lead to and puts you at risk for uh, depression, for anxiety, uh, because you're going through a pretty traumatic event. Um, And that's in, that's in the most simplest scenarios. In other scenarios, there's miscarriage involved where you're, you have life growing within you and then it's terminated. And it's, it's so hard to go through for, I like to think that for most couples struggling through infertility, we think it's a, you know, their hopes aren't being met. That's kind of what we think. Oh, it didn't really turn out the way they wanted. But for a lot of the people struggling, it's a life and death issue because life is growing within you. And then you're also experiencing death within you. All the while you're trying to, you know, save face with the community and say, oh, well, we're just trying. So it's it's brutal. Um, It's really brutal um, and not seen by many people. Well, it's interesting, even looking biblically, uh, it was a shameful thing, even in the Old Testament, looking in the New Testament, when uh, women couldn't get pregnant, they were often looked down. I mean, look at Abraham and Sarah, one of the first stories in the scriptures, right, of this infertility battle struggle that they faced. I know for you, being on staff here, you were pretty honest and open with our staff. Remember one particular staff chapel that Mm. you shared a little bit of your story. And then when you were on preaching team, I remember there was a couple of Sundays that you really opened up about your story. What what were the steps to even begin to go public for you and Jesse in your story? Yeah, great question. Mm-hmm. For us, we knew that we were in a position that people would look to us, uh, being here on staff and teaching and things like that. And we knew that as we were going through that battle, and still in a lot of ways, we've never been able to get pregnant and still going through it, knowing that if we were, the temptation was to cover it up, you know, to have it, you know, just be something that kind of operated in the background. But we knew that that would open us up to at risk of keeping all of that sadness inside, all of that, um, th- that, that difficulty 
buried, which was not good. So we knew that from the very beginning, it's just maybe part of our personalities, but also part of what we foresaw that we would need to, to be open about it. So that's why in many groups and on, on stage, being able to communicate with people that this is what we're going through. Communicating that internal world is one of the hardest things to yeah. do when you're going through infertility. It's hard for anyone to do. I mean, you lose a job, you you know, your children are going through something difficult, you break up with a boyfriend or girlfriend. It's not easy just to communicate your internal world with people. Right. Um, but we knew that going through something like infertility, if you didn't, you really put yourself at risk. And we wanted to be wanted to model for people that that's what we ought to be doing as a society mm. is allowing our internal worlds to come out and to be ex- and to be seen, not to be exposed, but to be uh, to be cared for. And doesn't that go against almost like the way the default way that everybody acts, even when they do get pregnant? It's the don't tell anyone for three months right. because you might lose the baby in the first three months, mm, right. yeah. and so then you don't tell people. But then, so then you have, so you haven't told anybody. So then you have this tragic thing. And I know infertility and miscarriage are connected, but maybe not the same thing. Right. Yeah. But, um, but then you have this tragic thing happen, Yeah. but then nobody knows. And then you're just alone. Right. Absolutely. My wife, Jesse, uh, always uses this as an example is she always says, you know, you're trying to get pregnant, you're trying to get pregnant. And, you know, it's maybe been a year and a half now, two years, you've done a, you know, a couple fertility treatments there's some pretty crazy statistics. There is a statistic that says 60% of the people struggling through infertility won't tell their friends and family. Hmm. So you have, you know, over half the people who are struggling through this, they're just not even, they're not even telling their mom and dad. Right. So they're, they're covering it up. And the reason why is that we live in a culture where we want to surprise people. We want yeah. to have that moment, you know, that perfect kind of picturesque balloons fly out of the sky. It's a boy or whatever it is. Right. And we're like, right. I want, we're pregnant. And because we want that so bad, we end up, we, we hide it so that we can get that. But my wife, Jesse always says, they're going to be just as excited if they knew you were struggling mm-hmm. than if they didn't know at all. I right. mean, how right. much more excited more. will they be yeah. Yeah. if they knew you've been wanting this for two years and now you have it? I mean, that's a bigger celebration than you could ever imagine. And say it, say you do get pregnant and you miscarry and it doesn't happen you're going to have to tell people anyway. Right. You know, no one's going to go through a miscarriage and not tell their closest friends. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be communicating this stuff no matter what. You really ought to build a community of support while you're going through it because it's the only way that you're going to be able to mentally make it through. You know, mm-hmm. you can't just mentally tough out infertility. And I think that's what so many people are trying to do. Mm. Applaud your courage and your example to so many um, and even being open with your story. And and part of, in fact, I don't think we even mentioned the name of the nonprofit yet. It's called right. Uniquely <laughs> Knitted. And you right. can find um, out more information on the website at, which is uniquelyknitted.org. Yep. Yeah, just to tell you a little bit about what we're doing yeah. and about what Uniquely Knitted is, is... This issue that came up in our life, infertility, it's something that we brought people into, something that we wanted to communicate about. It just became something so much. And that's why I say our our board of directors, our founders came together and we knew we had to do something. Hmm. And we knew very specifically we wanted to speak to the emotional aspect, the community aspect, that people are going through such a difficult thing. That's why we named it Uniquely Knitted, because all of our families are uniquely knitted together, whether you're brought together by an infertility treatment or you're brought together in the community by this this struggle of infertility mm. we're all uniquely knitted into this together so our nonprofit does 
outreach for people who are struggling through infertility and still not communicating about it. So a huge mm-hmm. desire we have is to find people who are struggling, who have just buried it and are hiding it. We have these really cool boxes that we send to people. They're a gift. They're part of our outreach program. And we give people who know someone who's struggling with infertility because the statistics say over 30% of all Americans have gone through or know someone who's struggling with infertility. So this is an opportunity for you to highlight them and say, hey, we see you, we know what you're going through, we care for you and we love you and we wanna be part of your community of support. Hmm. So it's a tool that we can use to reach out to the community and that's part of our outreach program. But we have a, a desire across the board to help people build a community of support so that they avoid those risks of depression, anxiety, some of those more serious mental health things that can happen. Because worst case scenario, going through infertility, you develop anxiety, develop this this cycle of depression that has to do with um, mothering or fathering, and maybe you do get pregnant, maybe you don't get pregnant. That those symptoms and those those issues can stay with you for the rest of your life. You know, maybe it takes you six years, four IVF treatments, which is the highest level of fertility treatment that you can do. It's the most expensive and the most invasive, hmm. and finally you get pregnant after years. For many people, they think, "Oh, I'm done." You know, I did it. I, I made it through. Yeah. But in reality, the the I guess you could almost say trauma, the 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 stress that they went through is now is now with them for a long time, unless they've dealt with it, unless they've brought in a community to help support them along the way. So that's the goal. The goal of Uniquely Knitted is to to bring the community into the struggles of what's going on. And more specifically, to bring your community, the community that you have around you into what you're going through. Yeah. I think I love this whole box thing. And I love like the way that it brings comfort and this, uh, I think I heard Jesse kind of talking about these things that are sort of like cozy and like mm-hmm. very, it just feels very nurturing and loving the kind of things that you would put in that box. What are like some of the things that would be in that box? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Our, the, the things that are in that box are things to comfort you and to help you understand that we're with you. We see you. So there's a, a the world's softest blanket. We've tested it. It's uh, <laughs> unanimous. What's your uh, testing uh, center like for that? It's pretty, pretty high tech. <laughs> there's lots of uh, snuggling involved. Yeah. And so, Okay. We have a, the soft blanket that you, you know won't wrap yourself in, but some of the more meaningful yeah, things. Yeah. We have a candle that you can light and and kind of you can even get a candle for yourself, mm-hmm. and you can say hey, in solidarity, like we're with you. We're lighting this together to say like, hey, we know what you're going through. We have a fun little mug that says you're gorgeous on it. Nice. Uh, we have chocolate, all the all <laughs> yeah. the necessities of of going through something really stressful. The the point of them being though is is for our couples of what they're going through to know that, Hey, someone is caring for me because what they're going through is stressful and they're, they're putting their bodies through the test Mm -hmm. of some of these major medical treatments. So we want to just wrap them in comfortable, cozy things to say, we got you, we see you. But then also at the same time, it's a challenge in a way to say, this is just the first step. You know, we saw you and we reached out to you because we know what you're going through. This can be a cycle and needs to be a cycle in your life of allowing people in to really wrap you up and to carry you through this whole thing. Yeah. It's so, I think it's so huge because I just think about like, I've, I've known, let's say like a, uh, a person that's struggling. I know like a box is going to be going to them. And I just, I think like, I just get so excited about, 
the, the hurts that these people are feeling and just the, the lonely kind of isolated place they feel. And then knowing that that box is going to show up, like, I don't know, even just me thinking yeah. about knowing that's going to show up for them of like how noticed, I think people need to be noticed. Yeah. And as much in this time, maybe they, yeah. they think they shouldn't, they don't want to be noticed, but yeah. that kind, that way of being noticed is just like, Oh man, what a what a gift for them in the midst of a lonely moment, right? right. Yeah, and that's something that Jesse and I had been doing for a while is is sending things to people because there's not really much to do currently. Yeah, you know, you find out your your niece, your nephew, whatever it is, your friend, coworker is struggling with infertility, you feel horrible. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes you you say something, or sometimes you say the wrong thing. But more than anything, you want to show your support. You want them to have community. But what do you do? You yeah. know, you besides saying, I'm sorry you're going through that. So we've given the community a tool to say, hey, this is how you can support someone. This is how you can say, we're with you in this. We know what you're going through. Mm. And a lot of other issues throughout the world have those types of things that say, hey, I'm I'm a fan of this. I'm a supporter right, of this. Right. And surprisingly, infertility has nothing like that. You know, it's still really... Um, hidden. So this, we're hoping this is a way for people to say, Hey, we're with you. We see you and we want you to have that community. Yeah. And one of the taglines of uniquely knitted is no one should have to go through infertility alone. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's a beautiful statement right there. Um, thinking though, as a guy, Mm -hmm. how are things different, uh, processing it from the man Mm -hmm. to a woman and, or have you seen things that are typical for guys versus girls? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's an interesting point that, when you're going through fertility treatments, like the medical treatments specifically, all these things are happening in most cases to the woman and the shots are happening for the woman. Um, infertility though is very much so, you know, a, a both people type thing, you know, yeah. there, are, there are male infertility issues, there are female infertility issues and just being totally candid and being open, my wife and I, Jesse and I, we both have male infertility issues and female infertility issues. Mm. So we like we hit the infertility lottery on that mm. one, um, but so for us from the from the standpoint of for me when I was watching my wife kind of go through these things, it's it's another layer of grief that you almost have to go through that you're seeing your your partner, this person that you love so much, you know, essentially really put their body to the test, mm. and you're you're hoping that, that everything that you're doing is in support of that. But it's one of those things where only you know, there's parts of it only they can go through, and you're you're just watching. I remember watching my wife get acupuncture and thinking, "This is hard. I, I hope this helps. There's no, nothing I can do besides sit here and be a support." Hmm. So there's there's uh, that that added level of you can't do all of it. Helplessness. You know? Yeah, there's a yeah. sense of helplessness that that's there with it. Um, and then if things don't go the, the right, you know, the way that you want them to, and there's a miscarriage or you don't get pregnant, there's that again, sense of just, what do I do? I would do anything to make this happen. Um, but I'm just lost. I have nothing. So a lot of us, even as Eric alluded to, and you affirmed, know someone that is struggling with infertility or has struggled with infertility. Um, and I think there's all the stories that we want to add. Oh, well, my brother's cousin's neighbor struggled for three years and then they end up having triplets. And right. so everyone has right. their positive story to share with uh, <laughs> folks that are struggling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But obviously that's not always a help. But tell us some of the things that can help, like from our point of view, how can we help a couple? Uh, even th- things that we say and then the things that we don't say. And I know that list is probably pretty long, yeah. but give us some <laughs> ideas. 
absolutely. I, I know going through infertility, we've heard everything, you know, to, to the most humorous things, to kind of the hardest, saddest things too. You know, I remember, you know, you're going through it and you tell people, hey, it's been a couple years. And they're like, well, you know, um, well, keep trying. You know, you can almost feel <laughs> yeah. them searching for yeah. what to say in their head. Yeah. And that's because we as a society, we haven't really dealt with infertility and the fact that the numbers are so high, one in eight. And there's there's reason to believe that they'll be even higher in the, in the know, future. I actually kind of felt like I thought it would be. Like it feels higher yeah. somehow. I don't yeah. Mean, yeah. Well, yeah. They, they, yeah. they think that, so Europe, just give you a little bit of orientation to what the numbers are. Europe right now in the UK, it's one in six. Okay. In the whole world, it's one in four. Oh. So in in the in the United States we have a little bit better ratings, but they the, they haven't tested very. Um, they, it's been quite a while since they have done another test, so they think when they do it again, it will be more like one in six, okay. like in Europe. Yeah. So we're heading into this future. It seems like where more and more people are going to be struggling with infertility, um, and this you know the state is dealing with it. Everyone's kind of dealing with it, and as it comes to light, yeah, there are people who have who've never really thought about it. And as it comes up, that what what on earth do you say? Um, my quickest and easiest solution, I guess, or or idea would be when when someone comes to you and opens up about something so deep that's going on inside of their heart, I think it's always good to know that this person probably isn't just saying it off the, you know, off the cuff. Oh yeah, you know, this is what I'm going through. They've most likely they've thought about it. They've come to you. They've thought about this moment. They're they're kind of wondering what you're gonna say. I'm gonna tell wow. my uncle, I'm gonna tell my dad, I'm gonna tell my brother, whatever it is. And they say, you know, we've been we've actually been trying for a long time and it's not working. They're bearing their soul to you. So in any in in any situation where someone bears your soul to you, you just want to receive it. You know, yeah. receive it and say, "I see what you're going through. Right. I'm so sorry." Is there, you know, what can I do? We it's support probably not you like, in this. Can I? It's they don't need advice probably on how yeah. to. Yeah, you know, and, and that's one of those pregnant. things. Totally, and that's yeah. one of those things where, when when you hear someone come to you with that, you're 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 probably thinking, well, gosh, this is horrible. I just want to. How do I solve this problem? Uh, have you gone to the doctor? Have you done this? And all these things come to mind, um, and those are probably all the un probably the unhelpful things. Is if someone has gone through infertility, they, they've they've gone to the doctor, they've tried every trick. You know, they've been all. All over the internet, they've bought all the the natural, healthy products. Um, your advice will probably end up invalidating this moment that you're in. Mm-hmm. So, th- I mean, this is a universal principle, really. Totally. When, when you're when someone's burying their soul to you and, and explaining the 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 sorrows that they're going through, you just want to be there in it. You know, you kind of get in the, so to speak, the well with them and say, "Wow, let me just climb, let me climb down That's into this image. situation yeah. with you." And just sit there and tell me, you know, I'll be a learner. Tell me what you're going through. How hard has it been? What have you had to do? And all of those things, those are connecting moments that that will validate the experience that this person's going through. And that's what we need. I, I, I often use the example... When you're going through infertility, it's like you have this, you know, old stone castle that, that is your life, and then these rocks start hitting it, and things start to break away and and crumble. And then when we come to people, we're like, "Hey, this is what's going on. I'm getting beat up. We need people to buttress us, right? Mm. I think that's the right word. <laughs> Where, you know, you lean up upon them and just say, yep. "Let me hold you up by understanding what you're going through. I'm gonna stand with you in this. Yeah. I'm gonna stand right next to you, and I'm gonna hold you, you know, hold you, so to speak." That's good. Um, instead of just saying, "Well, have you, you know, have you tried not 
struggling with infertility, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Well, you know, it, we, we want to add in these situations. We want to add in these things that just say, well, have you tried this? Now the problem's gone. Right. Um, but we really do need to stand with them in it. I think you guys speak to a lot of this kind of stuff, even on some of your social media stuff, like on your Instagram, where, right. you know, there'll be the posts like about, like, I don't know. Shots, 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 and more shots. Yeah. And I think that kind of <laughs> yeah. just helps people like, yeah. oh, okay, that, that just gave me like a reminder or a glimpse of right. what you're going through. Mm-hmm. Or it was like stress doesn't cause infertility or something like that. So you don't yeah. like say the wrong thing. Right, right. You know? yeah. And that, that would just start to get oriented to what the world is. I mean, you could honestly follow us on our Instagram at Uniquely yeah. Knitted. And it just helps you start to understand the world. It's one of those things that's really un- misunderstood. You, yeah. you, people don't realize even what types of treatments there are. Mm-hmm. They don't realize the, the struggles that you're going through. So a lot of things are um, just said off, you know, off the cuff. Pregnancy and getting pregnant, it's a it's a forever old thing. I mean, yeah. it goes like you said, it goes back to mm-hmm. biblical times where you know there's old wives' tales. Do this, try this. Have you tried eating ginger on Tuesdays, you know, <laughs> yeah. in the freezer? Stuff, mm-hmm. weird stuff like right. that. And you know, everyone has their their own little two cents they could add, and that's good. I mean, those are fun things to add in a scenario where someone's not going through a major life trauma. Right. And that's the biggest thing is that people, when you're coming in, into contact with someone going through this just run everything through the filter that this is someone under major distress and, yeah. and you just need to be there with them. Yeah. One more specific thing on that. So, um, say, uh, your family becomes pregnant and you're close with someone that has struggled with infertility. Right. I know the temptation is I'm not going to tell them or I'm going to hide this from them right. or how would you even go about, and I know every situation is a bit different depending on the amount of relationship that you have, but how would you even share with your friend that's struggling with infertility that you're now pregnant? Yeah, great question. The biggest problem with infertility and with a lot of things in life is the isolation that comes along with it. And we isolate ourselves when we go through infertility, and that's where we put ourselves at the at the biggest risk. Honestly, that's why we created the nonprofit is to help people who are in that, who are isolated who, you know, start to get attacked by all of these things and the more you separate yourself, the more they become a bigger risk mm-hmm. and an ongoing lifelong risk that needs to be dealt with in a community organ, you know, community setting. And sometimes when, when someone gets pregnant or your family gets pregnant and you have that one person, you know, who's struggling and you want to keep them safe by, you know, not talking to them, you actually isolate them more. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem is by trying to be polite, you know, right. let's not bring up pregnancy. You know, they can't get pregnant it actually pushes them away. You know, it's isolating them even further. And then you think, well, now people won't tell me, you know, now I got all these pregnancy announcements and all my friends are going to baby showers and everyone's going to, you know, going to Disneyland and taking, you know, school photos. And I got left behind. And, you know, because Mm -hmm. they didn't want to offend me, they isolated me. Mm -hmm. And that's one of, honestly, the biggest problems. I think, like anything, when someone goes through something, a struggle like that, you bring them closer. You bring them, and you deal with the tension of some people have kids, some people don't have kids, some people get married, some people don't get married. We are all different, and we need to be close together and attached and go through life together because the variety opens our eyes up to the nuances that God has for us all. You know, that the, the differences that we have can be something that unites us. And that's what that's what's missing right now from infertility. And that's, again, why Uniquely Knitted exists for that is to help people see that without the community, they actually won't make it th- through successfully. Yeah. Um, 
So that, you know, if, if you know someone, this is an action step from a podcast is if you know someone right now struggling with infertility, uh, check up on them, check up, check in on them, you know, not to add your two cents or to give your, you know, your bit of advice, but to stand in it with them. G- honestly, go to uniquelyknitted.org. Check out the way that you can use us as a tool to reach out to them. Um, mm-hmm. Follow us on Instagram. Get acquainted with what the world is and just be in it with them. It will mean the world to them to have a close family member or a friend be in it with them. Mm-hmm. That's the only way to make it through. It's the only way to combat the isolation is to have someone who says, hey, this is awkward, but I'm going to stand in it with you. And yeah. they might go, ah, well, no, uh, really, really, you really want to know the <laughs> like how sad this is? Like, yeah, I'm, I want to know how sad it is. I want to know how how it's affecting you. Yeah, that's really good stuff. Yeah, really good stuff. I think it's like I think it like you said before, even about it being universal. I think it applies to almost any struggle that somebody's right. having. Like right. all of that is like what you should do. <laughs> it's really right. good. <laughs> right. And that's something I appreciate about you and Jesse, both of you is like you, I mean, your experience as a pastor and just a good person <laughs> and, uh, but like how I'll quote you on that. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I'll see if I can, uh, if I can edit that part out, but, uh, no. <laughs> but, uh, and then Jesse, you know, I sometimes call Jesse my therapist cause she's like, she's my hairstylist and you know, and, but she just yep. has a great like sense. Calvary church. Did you just hear that? So yeah. Eric has a hairstylist. Yes. Ooh. His hair does look great all the time. <laughs> it does look, look good. Okay. Sorry. I don't want to get yeah, off you better track that here. Down. But yeah. yeah. Uh, no, but seriously, like, I think that she has a way with people. She's not just good at cutting hair, but she has a right. way with like, kind of like listening well to people and understanding. And she's <laughs> sort of like, whether she likes it or not, has, does it all day, you know? Yeah. yeah. And has, has accumulated a great skill set at it. And uh, so, but just that I think you guys are coming at this at being really good listeners and really good people at um, just serving and caring and nurturing for the people that, that you are serving here with this. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. I, I had one thing too, like I think you alluded to this earlier, you said it earlier, but I just kind of wanted to get into it a little bit more of just, okay, what is like infertility in the sense of like, when, when do you feel like you are someone that, you know, like when does that start, like that start, you said a year in, is that when the doctor would say like, this is a more like something to be looking at? You know? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's, from a medical standpoint, that's what the doctors will tell you is, okay. you know, if you if you've been trying to get pregnant for a couple months and you go to, you know, your primary care physician, they'll say, you know, give it a year okay. of, of trying and then you can come back. Um, but uh, in a lot of cases, there are things you can look for, um, th- you know, things about family history, about age, about all that kind of stuff of, you know, are, you know, are we more at risk? There's even um, some cool uh, products online, Modern Fertility being one of them, that where you can actually test to see uh, kind of... Modern? Is that it's called said? Modern Fertility. Modern. Yeah, it's, okay. re- it's really cool. Um, but there, there's, there's a lot out there on the medical standpoint yeah. side of things. Um, again, not a lot on the emotional health side. That's right. why we're here. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but on the medical s- side of things, you can you can look into some of the, the issues that you could have with fertility. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, after a year you'll, you'll go and you do some preliminary tests, um, okay. or, you know, some blood work and other tests that you do to kind of see, well, what are we working with here? And then there are, 
issues where you have diagnosed fertility issues, which would be my wife and I, we have something that is a diagnosis, right. which in, a, in some odd ways, it gives you something to hold on to. It's like, well, this is the problem. You know, so this is what we're struggling with. But in a lot of cases, it's undiagnosed infertility yeah. where, you know, the physicians and all the tests are coming back. Everything looks good, but you know, it's, it's been a year, it's been two years. Yeah. And those sometimes can be the most frustrating cases where it seems like everything should be working. And so you end up, you know, investing more and more into fertility treatments, even though you're, you're left wondering what on earth is going on. Right. Or, you know, probably in the last case would be you, you, you get pregnant, you actually are able to conceive and then you miscarry or right. you have multiple miscarriages and you know, something is working, but also something is not working. Right. Um, and you enter into the system of, of feeling really broken and feeling like you are grieving life and death happening in your body. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's incredibly overwhelming. So I, even if you're listening to this and you're thinking, you know, I want to get pregnant one day or I'm trying right now, just know that you always have resources and it's never, I would say it's never too early to talk to your physician about, you know, this is something I'm thinking about. Is there anything that I can do ahead of time? Is there anything I can, can look into to kind of prepare myself? Yeah. I don't, I don't think you should, you know, be freaked out or, or think right. that like, you know, the boogeyman of infertility is going to come for you, but it's better to be equipped and to build yourself um, a, a network of found a foundation of support going into it, both medically and for your mental health and for your community to, to build um, something before you go into it instead mm -hmm. of kind of reacting as you go along. I think that makes a lot of sense. Like I, I mean, I'll just share, share a little bit about our story because yeah. I do feel like um, miscarriage sort of, no matter how long it's been that you've been trying, miscarriage sort of puts you in this like state where you need this emotional support no right. matter what. Like uh, we had a miscarriage after, you know, um, we had our daughter Grace. We were mm -hmm. we waited a little while. Then we tried to get pregnant. We did had a miscarriage, and my wife had to have the DNC procedure and mm -hmm. all of that, which was very traumatic, you know. Right. And right. it was yeah. traumatic. It was traumatic for both of us. And it was like um, we just sort of like instantly went into like where I feel like you know someone that would be needs to be cared for and the kind of stuff that you guys do, you mm -hmm. know. And mm -hmm. like I it's crazy. Like I still have, I have this thing where maybe I should or shouldn't have done this, but mm -hmm. like there was the, cause this is what happens, this comparison stuff, right? Like where all of our, like three of our other friends or four even had kids like when that child that we miscarried would have been born Absolutely, and like yeah. in our closest circle. And it's just like in my head, that group of uh, they're all girls actually like in that group of girls, it's just always in my head. Like every time they have this moment, like a graduation or something. Mm. And I think about, Oh, like I should have had a kid up there, you know? Yeah. And so it's heavy. Yeah. It, it really yeah. is. And yeah, I mean, I, I just feel for you in that. And, yeah. and I think what we're going through in that moment creates a lifetime of something that we need to deal with. Sure. It, it's, right. a, it's a moment that right. is is difficult. Right. And and that what we would and say... And that was is, 14 years ago. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know. And it yeah. still could move still us wrong. to emotion yeah. now, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's why I think we need our community to come alongside us. It's not yeah. just going to you know fix it and make it go away, right. but it's going to allow you to feel the full range of those emotions throughout the rest of your life. Yeah. And it's going to, you know, you need to prepare yourself for what you are now going to experience forever. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably one of those, those, the interesting things about infertility is it happens to you, you know, mm -hmm. it's mm -hmm. not, you didn't ask for it. You didn't live a lifestyle, which created it. It happened to you. Mm -hmm. And now that it happened to you, you have 
to do something with it. Right. Um, and I think I think that's what's it catches a lot of people off guard. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Doug, you're you're unique in the sense that <laughs> you have this theological training, uh, mm. philosophy training. Yeah. And I just get the sense that this podcast might be forwarded on to folks that are struggling at this moment. What would you say to them about their view of God? I mean, we see in the scriptures, like it says, go forth and multiply in Genesis. Like there's this like command to do this. And so if God would command us to do something, but then not give us the means to do it, there's a lot of grief. Eric, even as we're filming and recording this, um, even yesterday at Calvary, we talked about being angry at God at times. The Psalms are full of laments. How, how would you encourage someone like, where's God in all of this? How, how has the Lord even been present to you in your journey? Absolutely. Yeah. It is, like I said, uh, infertility being something that happens to you, it comes upon you. Um, you, you are now forced to deal with some issues, right? You're forced to deal with like exactly this, this issue of what does God have for my life? Um, because we, even looking in the, in the scriptures, we see scenarios where, someone is barren, you know, and that's a, it's, it's something that people are crying out to God about. It's like God's favor has God's favor left me. I can't reproduce, you know? So now in our modern day, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, has God's favor left me? I I have no, no lineage and like my life won't go on, you know? Um, And that's hard to deal with. And I think it brings up, you know, questions about how to deal with your mental health. It brings up questions about how to deal with what you think about God. For me, I can, I guess I can speak to what I, you know, how I view it. And I, I think what you then have to do in a moment like that is start to grow your conception of what, of, of who God is and what God is doing mm-hmm. in this plan. God is making all things new. God is recreating all things and there is brokenness and there is difficulty. There are, there are problems of evil that come up. There are problems of brokenness. People die, accidents happen. And as God is grieved with us, our conception of who God is grows and our conception that God cares for us through these difficult things um, starts to grow. And even though we, you know, my wife and I can't get pregnant, that doesn't mean that God doesn't love us. And yeah. that, and that's a very mature thought, you know, mm-hmm. that's a very, that's a, it's a wisdom idea that it takes sometimes something like this to, to bring that question up. Because if, I mean, if everything kind of went your way in life, you would think, well, God's great, you know, yeah. I'm going to get everything I want. But um, it's that older, wiser idea that God is doing something so big and cares for us in a way in despite of these bad things that mm. happen to us. And that it, it's, it's an opportunity for us to grow, but I know I probably sound like a broken record. It takes people to breed that into us. It te- takes people to, to help us see that because yeah. it's a danger in, in a moment like this to say, well, forget the church, forget yeah. God. Everything was going great and I'm, I'm out of here. You know, yeah. I lived my whole life to get to this point so I could have a family and now I can't. I w- wasted my whole life. You know, I go to this church, got a great family ministries. I don't need, I don't even have kids anymore. So you, it, it's, it takes people to surround you to say, God is still good. Yep. And this is how, and mm-hmm. that this community will love you, even though this is a really difficult situation. And through your questioning and through your, your pain, there can be uh, new life. There can be a, a, a maturity that grows within us. Yeah. Um, yeah. But something that's difficult and needs to be dealt with with other people. That's good. I, mm-hmm. I wholeheartedly believe that, that as believers, we have the very presence of God dwelling within us, the Spirit of God dwelling within us. And so mm-hmm. as we are there for one another, 
that we are bringing the presence of God to one another, you know? And so I think that's really cool. I also think that people can still comfort each other yeah. as whether they're believers or not, Absolutely, you know? And so yeah. I know that um, we that's what we want to see, you know, but I'd love for our whole community to kind of experience that kind of sense of the presence of God with them, you know, from like us. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So what is like, let's just get like, kind of maybe the last thing is just how can people get involved? What are the next steps? Yeah. How can they support you? How can they get involved with what you're doing? Absolutely. Uh, we would love everyone's support. Uh, we're getting started. Uniquely Knitted is growing rapidly, um, and there's so much to do. So at, at, in, in a way, we want you to just join the team. Just, right. just join in with us. Um, a couple ways to do it, probably the most important, is just to start to think about the, the, the community of people struggling with infertility more. Think about the people in your life who are struggling through trying to get pregnant. What are they going through? Just bring it to, the, bring it to your mind. Start to advocate for it. Be one that is comfortable talking about it. And then use Uniquely Knitted however you can. Use us. Um, we do need support. You can you can check us out online and join the team and, and be a donor monthly. Uniquely and, Committed. Tell us about that. Yeah, What's that? okay. So we, yeah, we have a program for, for people who, who want to take that next step and say, I not only want to you know support and advocate for the community, I want to really actually help fund you know the outreach program for couples that are going through infertility. And you can do that on our website. We have a group called, they're committed. So we call them uniquely committed. Um, and each month they donate a certain amount of money to fund that outreach so that we can help uh, get the word out. You can also go on our website. Um, it will be up soon or it might actually be up soon or might actually be up right now. But you can go on there and you can um, make a donation to send a box to someone that you know. Or you, cool. can, you can sign up again to be committed and help us get out at marriage conferences um, everywhere. Uh, help us get out at uh, campuses all over the place to help mm. spread the word of what we're doing. Um, in addition to that, use our website and our social media to just to, to show that your community, that you're, that you're a safe person, that you understand what the infertility community is going through, so that people start to actually communicate with you and come out to you and say, hey, I know that you care about this. I mean, even just doing this podcast, yeah. Eric, Matt, People will come up to you and say, hey, I heard what you went through. Right. Your story of, of miscarriage, yeah. people will say, I went through that. Yeah. And now they, there's this unspoken like bond. And as we start to communicate about it, I think people will start to see us as advocates in the community. Mm. So that, that, really I'd awesome. say jump on board and use, good. Good. use us. And I, uh, and I have updated my credit card information, by the way. I was, Perfect. I was uh, hacked <laughs> and uh, gonna ask I'm uniquely that. committed again. <laughs> so give, give, us, all those, give us all those names again, uniquelyknitted.org. Yeah, the simplest way is just go to uniquelyknitted.org. On there, you'll find out the way to become committed, uniquely committed, and you can also find our, our, our Instagram there too as well. So join the community. There, there's going to be a major movement if, if I'm predicting this correctly. I seriously think the, the world needs to turn their eye to this community, and I think we can be the, the spark that kind of gets it going. Yeah, we think so too, and we love to see... Calvary Church members doing awesome things like starting nonprofits that uh, really do this incredible um, work that you guys are doing. And so we are grateful for you and we advocate for you and we just think that you are part of, we're all part of that same team. Awesome. Thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a blessing to be back. Yes. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening to the Calvary Life Podcast. Thanks again for joining us on the Calvary Life Podcast. If you enjoyed our show this week, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. If you want to learn more about Calvary Church or share any of your thoughts, 
Check us out on our website at calvarylife.org or find us on one of our social media accounts. We're on Instagram at Calvary underscore church, Facebook at Calvary Church of Santa Ana, and Twitter at Calvary Life.